and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to the Literacy Teacher's Life podcast. This is episode 23, and it is airing at the end of August. For those of you who don't know this, I live outside of New York City on Long Island, and this year, my kids do not begin school until after Labor Day. This is really nice because the summer is stretched a little bit longer and my kids have some more time in summer mode before the school routine begins. Next week, I begin teaching. The semester at Old Westbury begins at the end of August, so I will be meeting with the new students very shortly. As I was planning for the beginning of my semester, it got me thinking about some new activities for the beginning of the school year, so I thought I would share a few in today's episode. Some of these ideas are ones that I've used in the past and have found them successful, and others I decided to add based on the ideas that I uncovered this summer in the reading that I did. So on that note, I hope you find them helpful, and let's dive right in. Okay, the first item on today's back-to-school list is beginning-of-the-year writing activities. Writing is such a great way to learn about the students in your classroom. I did this when I was teaching at the elementary level. I still do this today with graduate students. And it's one of my favorite things to do at the beginning of the school year because it allows me to get a sense of who the students are as individuals. It also allows me to learn about how the students approach literacy, in this case, writing. But if I'm using a book with the writing task that I'm assigning, which I'll get to, I can see how the students approach reading as well. For instance, I can see which students get right to writing and which students need more time to think about their ideas and what they want to say. Okay, so some ideas for writing at the beginning of the school year include drawing a self-portrait. I've done this with so many different grade levels. I asked the students to draw a picture of themselves. With the older students, I brought in hand mirrors so that they could look at themselves while drawing and add in specific details. Last year, when my younger daughter was in kindergarten, her teacher had the students draw a self-portrait at the beginning of the school year, and then she had them draw another before the winter break in December. Then she had them draw a third self-portrait before the March conferences. So when I met with her in March, she showed me the difference in my daughter's self-portraits from the beginning of the school year in September to the one in December, and finally the one in March. And it was such a great idea because it made her growth so concrete. And I could see the changes, not only in her fine motor skills, but also in the level of detail that she learned to add to her drawings and eventually into her writing. And it was great to see that in that third self-portrait that was done in early March, she was actually able to include some labels into her self-portrait showing what she had learned as a writer. So just an idea that 
you can have the kids draw self-portraits, whether they're in kindergarten or fifth grade. Okay. Another idea that I've used a lot is making a map book of the student's life. I am such a big fan of the book, My Map Book by Sarah Finelli. It's a wonderful book full of maps of the narrator's life. So there's a map of her neighborhood, a map of her bedroom, a map of her tummy showing her favorite foods. It's such a wonderful mentor text. And in my experience, a great beginning of the year activity to learn about the students in your classroom. So how have I used this book? So I've done this by first reading the book with the students and then talking to them about the different maps and what they tell us about the narrator. Then I ask the students what types of maps they would like to share, and we generate a list where I do the writing on a piece of chart paper or the smart board so the students can refer to it while they're working. The students then begin with one map to make about themselves, and then they can add to make more and create their own book. I've had students make a map of their afternoons featuring their extracurricular activities. I've seen a map of a hockey rink and also a gymnastics studio. So this really allows me to learn about the students who are in my classroom. And again, I've done this with kids as young as kindergartners. I've also done this with college and graduate students as well. And everyone has seemed to like it. So this is one of those that is quite successful at the beginning of the year. After I put the students into small groups and I have them share at least one of their maps with their peers so that they can learn about each other. And I do this in small groups so they're not in front of the whole class at the beginning of the year, but they are communicating with others and get a sense of who else is in the class. And that's worked really well. Okay. My final writing idea is a new one that I learned this summer and it is called I Statements. So this idea is from Katie Cunningham's book, Story, Still the Heart of Literacy Learning. I finally read this this summer, and it is such a wonderful book with so many great ideas. I highly recommend it. So what is this? So the I Statements asks the students to write a personal statement to share with the class, and this helps build the classroom community. So in her book, Katie discusses giving kids examples that they can choose from. And some of these include, I am happy when. Another example is, I love it when. Yet another example is, I'm excited about. Or I remember when. I want everyone to know. And finally, another example is, I am frustrated when. So really, the possibilities are endless. only requirement is that it begins with I am. So the students can pick one statement to share, to write a response to and then share. And after each student has an I statement, they read it to the class, one after the other. And this allows the students to share something that they're comfortable sharing with the class and also learn from one another. This is also a great idea to help the kids make connections between each other as well. So it gets them writing, it gets them thinking about themselves, and it also gets them speaking. So hitting on a lot of different literacy components. All right. So the second item on today's back to school list is introducing yourself to your students. 
and ways to help students learn about who you are as their teacher. So for those of you going on interviews, and I've had lots of students going on interviews this summer, one question that I've heard that's been asked by administrators is how do you build community in your classroom? And they shared with me that the administrators want to hear about, number one, how you learn about the students in your classroom, but they also want to hear about how you introduce yourself to the students. And also think about what you share with your students about yourself. So I have such a great example of this. One of my former students is a literacy specialist, and she actually began her career at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. So there were shields around and everybody was in masks. So she had to be really strategic about how she shared bits of herself with the students. So she put pictures of herself with her family and her dog in spots behind her desk and around the classroom so that the students could see the pictures. I thought this was such a great idea because often when teachers have pictures on their desk, the pictures are only facing themselves rather than facing the students. So she explained that having the pictures around the classroom allowed the students to see her with her family, with her parents, with her brother, her cousins, and also with her dog. She had pictures at the beach. She had pictures at a carnival or a festival. So the kids were in her classes were able to form connections and they were talking points. So they would start talking to her about their own pets and sharing stories about their own siblings. So I thought it was just such a great idea what she did. So for me, I'm pretty upfront with my students. Right now, I work with graduate students and adults, but I really do feel that it is important to be honest with them about who I am so that first they get to know me, but also that they trust me as their professor and their instructor. So they know about my teaching career and they know I have two daughters who are in elementary school. And at the beginning of the year, I share some fun things with them that I did over the summer and what books I read so that they get a sense of what I've been up to before I ask them to share about themselves. So I think this is a really great thing to just consider before the start of the school year. Or if you have started, maybe think about what you are comfortable sharing with your students so that they can learn a little bit about you. Or share what you do already so that we can learn from each other. So you can drop me an email at elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Okay. The third item on today's back to school list is read alouds for the upcoming school year. I like to use certain books with students at the beginning of the school year to build a classroom community. It also sets the tone that reading is a part of our daily routine right from the beginning of the school year. So I have some favorite books that I return to each year. Many of these books focus on the theme of identity, and this is really to help me lead into activities that connect with the books so that I can learn more about the students who are in the classroom. So I really try to be strategic with the read-alouds that I select. And I just want to showcase a few of my favorites. So one of my favorites that focuses on identity is Looking Like Me by Walter Dean Myers and Christopher Myers. And this is a really fun text that focuses on who we are as individuals and the multiple identities that we have. 
The next book that also focuses on identity is The Best Part of Me by Wendy Ewald. And this is a really nice book because it features photographs of children. They selected their favorite part of themselves, and then they did the writing about why they picked this part of themselves and why it is their favorite. So the writing is actually in the children's own handwriting, which is really nice. And just a little side note, I've done this with the kids in the classroom and then created a book that can sit in the classroom library, which is really nice as well. All right. The next book is The Name Jar by Yensuk Choi. And this book focuses on the importance of names and being clear about why we have particular names. Another book that also focuses on names is Renee Has Two Last Names by Renee Colato Lainez. And this is a bilingual text written in both English and Spanish, which is a great addition to a classroom library. All right. The next book is The Important Poem by Margaret Wise Brown. And this is a book of poems on different items and why they are important. And there's a structure to each poem, which is really nice to lead into. It's a great mentor text for kids that they can use to write their own poems about what is important to them. All right. And another book that I thought I'd add this year is This is a School by John Shu. And this really explains what happens in school. And it can be a nice book to lead into routines and why we have particular routines in the classroom. All right. So I hope those were helpful. And maybe a book that you want to add into your classroom library for the beginning of the school year this year. All right. Before we end, I want to share a time management hack for the new school year. So September is considered the other January because it's that fresh start feeling. And I particularly love fresh starts. So at the beginning of a school year, I try to really think through my schedule and how I'm going to use my time efficiently. So this summer, a few of my former students shared that they're often overwhelmed with all of the tasks and the planning that they have to do, and they don't feel like they're ever done with their teaching job, with the work that comes with teaching. So I was thinking about this and how to help them a little bit, what advice to give them, and I thought of this planning hack for the new school year. And that is assign a task to a particular day. And I actually thought of this when I was reading the Laura Ingalls Wilder books with my daughter this summer. So in the first book of the series, Little House in the Big Woods, Laura's writing about the work that her mother, with the help of Laura and her sister Mary, must do each week. And it's broken down by the day of the week which I thought was a really nice way to divide the work that can also feel like it is never ending. So for example, this comes from the book, wash on Monday, iron on Tuesday, mend on Wednesday, churn on Thursday, clean on Friday, bake on Saturday, and rest on Sunday. So I thought that this was an idea that could be used in the classroom to distribute the different planning that needs to be done and also the grading that needs to be done on a regular basis. And I thought back, the interview I had with Jamie Sears, she actually talked about batching planning or planning for more than one lesson at a time. And as an elementary school teacher or a literacy specialist, 
it is unrealistic, in my opinion, to be able to plan a whole month's worth of lessons for each subject, for each reading group in one afternoon. It's just too much that has to be done in too short a period of time. But you could spread the planning out across the week and assign a day to the planning or the grading that you will do. And I think this really allows you to know what exactly you have to do on a given day. And you've already set the time aside to do that work. So it's automatically scheduled and it takes the deciding away. So instead of sitting down to your planning period and thinking, well, what should I do? You already know what you're going to do for that given day. And as I said, I've been thinking about this idea for the new school year and thinking about dedicating certain days of the week to specific work. So that way I don't also have to constantly think about what I should be doing on a particular day, but I know from the start of the day what's going to get done. So I'm just curious if you've tried this strategy and if you have, if it's worked for you. Feel free to share by sending an email or leaving me a message on Instagram. All right, so we're getting towards the end of this episode, and I wanted to end on a positive note and share something that's going well. And that is that my students are getting great teaching positions for this new school year. So as I said, many of the districts where I live are beginning after Labor Day. So there were a lot of jobs that were announced at the end of July and beginning of August. And I've been in touch with many of my former and current students who've been on the job market and they're interviewing and they're teaching demo lessons and they are getting the jobs. And it's been so wonderful to hear about how they're approaching the interviews and hear the ideas that they have for their demo lessons. And they have been amazing. So that has been such a wonderful, positive point at the end of this summer. Okay, so that is it for this episode. I hope that I shared something about planning for the beginning of the school year that you found helpful. And I'll be back in two weeks. And by then, it will be the beginning of September. Time is really flying. So as always, you can find me on Instagram at the Literacy Teachers Life. Or you can check out my blog at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Have a great Labor Day weekend and a wonderful start to the school year. Until next time. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.